0: The Clydesdales were purchased as a gift in 1933 to repeat uh, to celebrate the repeal of prohibition which I think is pretty interesting.
1: Mm.
0: August A Bush Jr., the son of August A Bush Sr. who was at the time the CEO of Anheuser-Busch purchased the Clydesdales for his dad as a present. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome back to another social drinkers podcast where we talk about the art industry and science of alcohol. Today I brought a little bush peach, bush peach, Yeah, the replacement to bush apple. How is it? It's all right.
0: You know, it's no bush apple. I was gonna say this was a controversial decision by bush for you.
2: It was and you know what, they let me down. (laughs) In a big way. I can live with it, you know? It's a good summer beer.
0: Is is Bush Apple gone for good or will it be back? As far as I know, it's it's out of the picture. Is this a revolt by all Bush lovers or just yourself? I know a lot of people are upset. Mm. I don't know. So
1: explain to me what I've never actually heard of Bush Apple or Bush Peach. Is it just like apple flavored beer or what it yeah? Yeah.
2: It's like it tastes like bush light with apple flavoring. Mm. And this is bush light with peach flavor flavoring.
1: It feels to me like apple should be in the fall, though. It's normally a summer.
2: I don't really know when they came out with it, honestly.
0: Well, I just remember drinking it. Do they only sell it seasonally or do they always have it or did they always have it? They had it year round. Really? Or at least we oh. could find it year round. Huh? I mean, we were finding it until winter. Well yeah, because if they started selling it in the fall, you'd find it till winter. <laughs> well, yeah, but we were drinking it all summer.
1: <laughs> oh
0: interesting. Yeah, I yeah. don't know.
1: We'll have to I see. Hopefully, hopefully the bush light people are listening and they will bring back the apple. Yeah,
2: because yeah, they, they messed up. Raise raise it.
0: bring
1: it back.
2: <laughs> I hate it. Bring
1: it back, Bob Tart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my
0: god wild berry <laughs> what are you drinking mitch oh fat tire mm. from good old sustainable new belgium brewing out of fort collins colorado great beer. that's right right it's out of fort collins where does it say on the bottle probably just colorado. said that and i think it's it is wrong well it's definitely no, from colorado it where it doesn't say on their branding anymore it used to They changed it to the, I mean, I don't know, it's been a little bit, but it used to say on their logo, but now I believe it's in Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't know when they changed their branding. It
2: was definitely a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, No, I think it's been years, honestly. No, no. Are you sure?
2: Yeah, because when I started buying Fat Tire, it was still old branding.
0: No way. I think it's been, are you sure? Pretty sure fort collins i had to look it up because i wanted to make sure i was correct but uh yeah so that's what i'm having i i I would say that fat tire is one of the elite mass-produced beers it's it's very good oh it's it's top tier dude yeah absolutely kate what did you bring
2: to the table
1: i am drinking a rosé it is a brand called hampton water Mitch and I were at Sam's Club this weekend and we were getting groceries and I always have to like browse the wine section and I saw this bottle and it just looked really cool. The branding was really cool. It's like sleek and there was there's this diver and it just looked like a fun summer wine. So picked it up. It's super, super good. It's not your typical rosé. I would say it's not as sweet. It's a little bit drier. It's more in the profile of like a a dry white wine. So if you don't like rosé, you actually might like this rosé. But I had to know the story behind the company because it was just, it looks like a cool young brand. And so I just had to look it up. And I don't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before where we were talking about celebrity brands, but if you di- haven't listened and haven't caught up to the podcast, we had a fun quiz where I quizzed Mitch and Ray about celebrity brands, but this is actually a celebrity brand. It Do is. you guys want to try to guess who it is? It's a singer.
0: Uh,
2: I a lot of them were. <laughs> Billy Eilish. Okay.
1: No. <laughs> so, so Hampton Water was started by Jesse and John Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. Jesse is John is Bon Jovi's son, and when Bon Jovi wasn't, you know, being a superstar, they would hang out in the Hamptons and a lot of his son's fond memories are them hanging out in the Hamptons in the summer as a family. And his dad was always drinking pink juice. He was always, it was always rosé, but he called it to his kids, he called it pink juice. And so um, Jesse was like, you know, there's a ton of rosés in the market, but there's nothing innovative and different and cool. And so they partnered with a branding expert to come up with the branding. They partnered with a French winemaker because they believe the best rosé comes from France. And his name is Gerard Bertrand. And they created Hampton Water. So the name comes from them growing up in the Hamptons and them calling it Pink Juice, but They changed it to Hampton water instead of pink juice. So really interesting backstory. I wasn't expecting it to be a celebrity brand, but of course it makes sense. I think, I believe it's privately owned. I don't believe that they are with like a big conglomerate or anything like that. They do have um, two organizations that they're partnered with uh, that they give proceeds back to, which is really cool. One is the Pink Agenda, which is um, dedicated to breast cancer research, and then one of it, one of them is the It Gets Better Project, um, which is for the LGBTQ community. So, you're not only buying a good bottle of rose, but it's giving back too. So. They have a really cool, I'll link their website. They have a really fun video that I highly suggest watching. It just gives an overview of the brand. It's just super cute. And I love video and telling stories through video. And so if you're interested in that kind of stuff like me, then check it out.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of pink juice typically, but it is dry. And so it's more like a white wine. I do. I enjoy it. But I read this stat the other day that said that every single alcohol brand is now a celebrity alcohol brand. (laughs) No. <laughs> just kidding. Say <laughs> hey, like,
2: where are you reading? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's insane. Every every new one is. It's ridiculous.
1: I know. We it's like hard pressed to find one that's not.
0: And your quiz was rigged. It was too hard.
1: Yes. Hey, I gave you multiple <laughs> choice.
0: I'm just kidding. Obviously, it wasn't rigged. So.
2: Mitch, you motivated me to figure out when they rebranded Fat oh, Okay, okay. Um, and it was this year in January. Dang it. And check this out. They didn't just rebrand. They changed the recipe.
0: They did? What's, yeah. What after... did they change?
2: I'm not totally sure. I've been looking through here trying to figure it out Um, because it tastes the same.
0: Yeah, it does taste the same. 32
2: years of fat tire, and they changed it.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Um, You might not be able to find, they might not have the recipe out, I don't know. So you might not be able to find what they changed.
2: But at its height, in 2016, it accounted for over 50% of New Belgium's yearly production volume. Okay. And it lost 52.2% of its volume in chain retail nationally. Really? Yeah. Wow. they they rebranded it, changed the um change the recipe and check this out as of 2022 if fat tire were its own like standalone brewery yeah based on 2022 sales it would have ranked as the 18th largest brewery in the country
0: really holy crap well that settles it i was talking to dad the other day and i said do you think they sell more fat tire or more voodoo ranger i'm gonna go with fat tire after hearing that it's pretty crazy, dude. That is pretty wow. crazy.
2: It was the number 16 selling craft beer
0: of 2022. Wow. That's interesting. It's also interesting. It's, I wonder what the definition, I I probably should know what the definition of a craft beer is if they're calling it a craft beer, because you can buy it everywhere.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if it originally started as a craft beer, because I don't think I wouldn't consider it a craft beer anymore. It's pretty mainstream.
0: Yeah, maybe there's a definition for craft beer, which we are unaware of, but it definitely started as a craft brewery. It was just a small brewery when it started. But speaking of sales numbers changing, you remember, of course, the Bud Light drama from about a month or so back, four to six weeks back or so? I haven't heard of it. Haven't heard of it before? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well... Did you hear that about a month ago, Modelo dethroned Bud Light as the best-selling beer in America? That's pretty crazy. I wouldn't have guessed them to take that title. Had you heard that, Kate?
1: No, I feel like I've never seen somebody order a Modelo or be like drinking a Modelo when I'm out. And this is like shocking, though. I'll My
2: be on. does. He drinks Modelo almost exclusively. Who <laughs> does? My roommate.
1: Huh? Why?
2: He likes it.
0: Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try it. I've admittedly never had a Modelo.
2: I don't think I have either, actually. Which is weird because he drinks them all the time, and I've never taken a sip.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've tried so many beers, and I have never tried a Modelo, which is crazy to me.
2: I feel like it's just going to be a Corona.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what it's going to be, is it's going to taste very much like a Corona, a a Dos Equis. I don't know. Does Modelo have, do they have ambers? Do they have lights and all that stuff? Or is it just one type of beer? I got to imagine they have different ones. They do
2: have different ones. I know one's Modelo White, maybe. I can't remember. Um, And then the super common one is Modelo
0: Negro. That's okay. That's right. That's right. So I didn't do much digging on Modello. What I did do some digging on, though, was the origin of this dethronement, because it's not what you might think. So to all the headline hooligans out there that think that the right-winged protest of Bud Light is what caused the dethronement, that would be incorrect. And there is some very shocking data, believe it or not. So I'm going to read a little bit about the statistics of Modelo's growth. And this one is pretty crazy. Ready for this? In 35 of the last 40 years. They have grown at a double digit growth rate. That's crazy insane levels of growth for that long 35 out of the last 40 years on the flip side of that since 2010 Bud Light's market share has slid from 19% all the way down to 10% Modelo was projected to become the best-selling beer in America in early 2024 so this was mm-hmm. already very close to happening and Bud Light's little marketing snafu if you want to call it that, just catalyzed the inevitable, if you will. So they were already down at 10% market share. They abruptly fell to 7.3% market share after the post from Dylan Mulvaney on April 1st. And Medello is now the leader as the best-selling beer in America with an 8.4% market share. Isn't that crazy?
2: That is crazy. That's because you... Not- that's not a crazy high market share. I mean, it is. It's high, but like it's not as high as I was anticipating. I mean, Bud Light was at 19%.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so there's some things that went into the slide in their market share. And the biggest one was the growing popularity in Mexican beers because they're made from corn. And so they're a little lighter, they're easier on people who have gluten intolerance and that kind of thing. And they just tend to, in my opinion, as well, be a better summer drink. I would much rather hold on to something at the beach like a Corona, like a Tecate, like something like that with a lime yeah. in it. It's just more refreshing, in my opinion. And I think that people are becoming more health conscious, all of that kind of stuff, and so the mexican corn beers have grown in popularity but i can't i still am blown away that like corona is a good example i would have bet that corona was more popular than Modelo, but what do i know
2: that's that's crazy because like i don't feel like i see Modelo that often
0: right they
2: don't get like crazy
0: they have they have those commercials on tv It's always like some guy that works at a bar and he's from Mexico and he immigrated to the United States and he became a bar back because it was the only job he could get. And then he worked his way up to being the head chef. (laughs) Have you ever seen that commercial? Yeah, maybe I just don't watch enough TV. (laughs) Maybe
1: (laughs) you're not their target market. Maybe because now we have like programmatic uh, advertising where like we're not watching Dateline, NBC, and we're all getting the exact same commercials anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Maybe, yeah, maybe Kate and I are the target market or they think we are. I mean, it. now that I'm talking about it, it's going to pop up on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I brought it just because I, I did think it was interesting. Yes, the, the partnership with Dylan Mulvaney definitely dropped sales in the short term, but you'd be Aaron to think that that's what caused Modelo to overtake Bud Light as the best-selling beer because it was on its way to happening whether or not they ever did that partnership, which I don't think many people are aware of. So I brought That's that this week. Crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, the growth of Modelo is staggering. I, th- I think it's crazy. And Another thing that is really weird, ready for this, AB InBev owns Group, Grupo Modelo. But not in the United States. So, in the U.S., AB InBev does not own Grupo Modelo.
1: What? Huh. That's weird.
0: Listen to this: the that Mexican work? the Mexican brewery that makes Modelo Corona and Pacifico everywhere except or AB InBev actually owns Grupo Modelo, the Mexican brewery that makes Modelo Corona. And Pacifico everywhere except the U.S. Back in 2013, as part of an antitrust deal, ABNBEV sold the U.S. rights to Modelo, to Modelo to Constellation Brands, which owns brands like Svedka, Kim Crawford wines, etc. So they, ABNBEV, who owns Bud Light, Budweiser, a million other beers, actually owns Modelo, but just not in the U.S. That's crazy. Yeah. That's Isn't that so wild? crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I brought this week.
1: Debunking Good. the myth.
0: Debunking the myth. Debunked. Debunked. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Mythbusters? Oh yeah. Great the show. Best. Yeah, the best. With Jamie and
2: uh oh man, what was the other guy's name?
0: Uh-oh. I don't Adam. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I th- had, to, had to think about that first. I had to picture him for a little bit. Yeah. Jamie's yeah. easy. Jamie's easy.
2: Yeah, he is easy. He's got that mustache.
0: Adam Savage. That's what, yeah. I yeah. think that's what his name is. That's such a sick last name. Savage.
2: He's, he's big on YouTube now or something like that.
0: It, is he? I yeah. It.
2: I, I mean, I don't I don't watch him, but I,
0: I've heard. Interesting. <laughs> what would you bring, Ray?
2: What did I bring? You ever heard a Long Drink?
0: Uh, briefly. The other day while we were eating, but I did zero research on it. So,
2: yeah, um, came out in 1952 in Finland. Pretty crazy. It's like a 5.5 percent alcohol volume, uh, canned cocktail essentially. And I don't, I've never had one, but apparently, uh, Miles Teller, uh, Ricky Fowler, and a bunch of other people, like big, big names, are bringing it back across the, uh, across the old pond there and bringing it into America and trying to get it real popular. And I've been seeing it around and trying to figure out if I want to try it or not. I think I'm going to have to because it's everywhere now.
1: What you know? is it? So is it like, would you describe it as like a seltzer? What
2: its flavors you, do they remember have? Remember when we talked about... Um, cut water
1: okay so similar
2: cocktails i believe that this is a canned cocktail and it's flavored as traditional citrus Hmm. the the regular one like the Mm -hmm. traditional uh long drink they have a zero they call it have one long drink zero uh that's zero carbs and zero sugar oh wow and that's that says grapefruit and juniper With berry flavors interesting Hmm. and then they have one that's called strong (laughs) 8.5 percent and then it's uh same thing grapefruit juniper um so they're actually all showing grapefruit juniper
0: and then they have cranberry juniper so they're giving you that sort of gin and tonic
2: that's what i heard it tastes like from i have a buddy that had one Okay. And I was asking him, I was like, what did it, what was it like? He's like, it was like a gin and ton.
0: Interesting. We saw it on the menu and I was wondering what it was. And so I'm glad that you brought it to the attention because I had never heard of it before, but it's I mean, pretty these, crazy. These canned cocktails are gaining popularity very quickly. So it'll be interesting. So I, did, I bet. It'll...
2: I scrolled down and it says it's, it is unlike seltzers is what it says, but it says it's a, refreshing citrus soda with a premium liquor kick interesting so i don't know what i
1: feel like so i feel like seltzers and these like canned cocktails are super hard to differentiate but i think the biggest thing is the canned cocktails don't have that multi-flavor that the seltzers do and that i think that's like mainly the difference of the ones that I've tasted, but it's really interesting. So I've, I've noticed this a lot in the market lately. It's companies aren't expanding different in different um, flavor profiles. They're expanding into like, this one is stronger than this one, or this one, zero sugar when this one isn't. And it's, but it's the same flavor. It's just a different like recipe or something, it's there. The differentiator isn't the flavor; it's something else, which I, I find really interesting, and I've I've been seeing that as a trend a lot lately.
0: I would imagine that there's so much data on the flavors that people enjoy from White Claw and Truly, and then I'm sure they're doing their own market research and everything like that that they can bet very well on what flavors are going to work. And then they can tap into different demographics regarding how people care about their health. So some people want to drink these to party, so they make the eight and a half or and then other people want to enjoy a drink, but they're trying to lose weight. So they make the zero. And I think that that's probably what's going on, because I mean, White Claw and truly exploded and gave people all of this data to be able to tap into what flavors are going to work best. That That's what I would guess, but I don't know. What's crazy to me
2: is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong too, but seltzers and canned cocktails didn't really come on in America until not that long ago. It,
0: they're not 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 too long. Ago. I'm trying to think when White Claw really became, I don't know when it came out, but when things come out and when they get popular different, they... It hasn't been that long. I doubt it. It hasn't been 10 years that White Claw has been super popular. Because even in college, White Claw wasn't very popular. Right, Kate? Mm-hmm. When we were in college. No. So like, no, it came out
1: sure. in 2016.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
2: I'm pretty so? sure that this was popular over in Europe. Yeah. Which is how all these people stumbled upon it. And, okay. Um, but it's been around since 1952.
0: Huh. Yeah, when you said that I was surprised. It's that's been a long time. Yeah, I wonder if they I wonder if they enjoy canned cocktails, seltzers across the pond and if they have for longer than we have over here. I don't know.
2: I and mean, did you say th- that's 71 years?
0: Yeah. That's yeah, crazy, pretty crazy. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting, right? The long drink. We'll have to try it. It sounds like another taste test on the pod. Yeah, I guess it's going to mm-hmm. have to be. <laughs> And I haven't actually looked for it at the store. I just keep seeing it at bars. You just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen it at the store either. I just saw it on the menu at the restaurant the other day, and that's it. So that's I bet good. we'll start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so.
2: What well, do we have any more fun facts of the day? Anything to dive into? All
0: right, well, I am just full of Budweiser, AB bev information. And this one's a little bit less controversial, more happy Something we all love, regardless of political affiliation, regardless of religious beliefs, regardless of anything like that. We all love the Budweiser Clydesdales, do we not?
2: As everyone should. Of course,
0: I think everyone does. Everyone loves the the commercial where the poor little puppy is lost from his friend, the horse, and then they reunite as he runs down the path at the farm. You know, those kinds of things.
2: Dude, I look forward to that commercial every year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And so it's interesting. Do you know the history of the Clydesdales? Because I do. I don't. Do tell. So the Clydesdales were purchased as a gift in 1933 to repeat, uh, to celebrate the repeal of prohibition, which I think is pretty interesting. Hmm. August A. Bush Jr., the son of August A. Bush Sr., who was at the time the CEO of Anheuser Bush, purchased the Clydesdales for his dad as a present. Pretty interesting, right?
2: That is interesting. Yeah.
0: So these horses, they were imported from Scotland, which that's such a freaking boss move. Like yeah. you know, yeah, you know what I'm gonna get. My dad imported Clydesdales from Scotland as a gift <laughs> because that's just awesome. <laughs> um that's epic. So they were selected Clydesdales in general back then. They were a symbol of size, strength, beauty. And so that was why August Bush Jr. selected the Clydesdales, and they quickly became a symbol of the Budweiser brand in America. August A. Bush Sr. loved it. He started uh, taking them around to different events across the country. He would do promotional and parade appearances. And the Clydesdales ended up gaining significant popularity throughout the Northeast because of all of these different events. And then word of mouth spread it nationwide to the point where the Clydesdales made appearances at The Parade of Roses at the Rose Bowl, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, they became a big thing. But They didn't get into advertising until 1986, which I thought was pretty interesting, or at least TV advertising. Mm -hmm. So in 1986, they made their debut in an iconic Super Bowl commercial that featured the Clydesdales playing football. I've never seen this commercial, but apparently this is the iconic first Budweiser Clydesdale commercial in 1986.
2: That's interesting. I want to see this now.
0: I know. I would love to see it, too. I wish we could stitch it in here. If we were better podcasters, we probably could. But go look it up. Go look up the 1986 Clydesdale (laughs) commercial, and you'll probably get to see it on YouTube.
2: It's homework for a future podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Watch it. Definitely but since then so i think there was a two year two year period i believe where they were not in super bowl advertisements but other than that they've been a part oh. of super bowl advertising since 1986 so that's the quick history there's a ton more little facts and events that they've appeared at and all kinds of things like that but pretty interesting a present in 1933 for dad
1: Well, it's crazy that it's because Prohibition ended.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how much of a celebration it probably was because of the hardship that put... I mean, I don't know. It would be like if you had a podcast that you made all your money from and then they made podcasts illegal. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for (laughs) for like a decade.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's really crazy the financial hardship that some of those companies went into, including behemoths like Anheuser-Busch. So I'm sure it was quite a celebration when you were able to sell alcohol to the general public again.
2: Yeah. I mean, dude, I imagine like you're, they probably, I don't know how big they were in the thirties. I have no clue. Well, obviously not very big since prohibition was around, but before that, um, I have no idea how big they were, but I'm assuming pretty big. And imagine just going from making, back then, probably the equivalent of a couple million dollars yeah, to making zero dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it. Trying to figure out loopholes to sell for medicinal purposes and, and things like that. It had to be really stressful, but man, I don't know. Did you guys see uh, Kate sent... Kate sent that picture of the moonshiners during Prohibition. They would wear shoes with hoof prints on them to, to uh, uh, evade the law enforcement folks that were chasing them through the woods. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah,
1: so uh, I saw this online somewhere when during prohibition um the police didn't think too much of like horses walking through the woods and so i'll post a, i'll post this picture on our instagram so go when this podcast launches so go to go to our instagram at we are social drinkers and you can see these pictures they like jimmy rigged these shoes and the bottom of them is literally looks exactly like a horse hoof so that they wouldn't see footprints walking through the woods to go Um to their secret location and make their moonshine, they would see horses' hooves and literally wouldn't think anything of it.
2: Crazy. Imagine walking on those.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. No.
2: They were like heels except on the front and back. (laughs) Yeah, and they had
0: and they had the hoof thing in in the middle. So you'd be like wobbling around. Oh yeah. Be terrible. Horrible.
1: Oh. Gotta gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Well, that's all I brought this week. I've got One more
2: interesting fact for you. All right. So let's hear it. A couple pros of moderately drinking alcohol. Do you know that it reduces your risk of developing and dying from heart disease? Really? Yep. And then it can reduce your risk of having a stroke. Okay. Which is pretty crazy. And it can reduce your risk of diabetes. Interesting. Yeah. So moderate alcohol drinking, not. For those of you listening, not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot. Uh, They actually did say what they defined moderate, and it's like 12 fluid ounces of beer um, a day. It's probably a standard drink per day. Five fluid ounces of wine, and then 1.5 fluid ounces of distilled spirits. 80 proof.
0: Interesting. I will say that just for the sake of covering our butts on the podcast these are heavily debated studies that go on in science but there's a lot of a lot of literature out there in the scientific world that say yeah seven drinks are below throughout the week is not bad for you not harmful or even yeah helpful to your health which is, this is pretty from interesting Mayo
2: Clinic. yeah yeah no, it's pretty reputable but i didn't list i didn't tell you the cons
0: all right oh
2: They're okay out there.
1: let's hear we've
0: got cons <laughs> oh I mean, I
2: didn't even actually look at the cons. Okay. So
1: <laughs> we don't uh, even want to know the cons. Yeah. We just want to know uh, the, blah, blah, the
2: pros. Let me tell you. All right. Increased risk, risks of some cancers and drinking and driving.
1: Drinking and driving. Drinking and driving. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: you.
1: that's if you, so, that's if you choose to drive. Yeah.
0: What, what what date is this article from? Um, it is posted
2: maybe it's at the bottom it's not at the top which is weird you'd think it would be yeah you would Uh, um come on now December 11th 2021
0: okay so it's a couple years old so yeah true yep and then
2: it's got when to avoid alcohol which is actually on all of your alcoholic beverages if you look at them
0: uh while pregnant yeah is that the only warning while pregnant,
2: uh, operating vehicles and heavy equipment is on. Oh, there.
0: yep, yep. So drinking and driving, and don't don't drink while you're pregnant. Yep. There's more on here, like you know, if you have liver or pancreatic disease. <laughs> is,
2: uh,
0: is this starting to sound like a pharma commercial? Yeah, if you have a weak heart. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but yeah, if you drink alcohol, you could suffer from the following side effects: <laughs> sleepless nights. <laughs> drinking and driving
1: <laughs> nausea and diarrhea
2: death <laughs> oh man all right well that's all i brought for us this week and all I right we're about wrapped up actually so take us out of here then ray all right well if you're listening to us right now you probably found us but listen to us again <laughs> and find us again elsewhere That's a challenge for you, all right? (laughs) Listen to us on a different platform next time. See if you like it. And if you don't, (laughs) leave a comment. (laughs) But we're on, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. What else, Kate? I'm missing a lot, I know.
1: We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. For the podcast, Google Play. Literally anywhere you can find. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to us. Um, And then you can also find us on all the social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We're tweeting more. So shout out there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. And we'll have all that linked below.
2: We also have our newsletter, Shots. So That's true. if you think we're funny here, you should read that because <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and that goes out every Thursday and you can sign up for it on. Hey, what's the? I don't actually know the URL for that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be it.
1: Yeah, it's linked below. Super easy to find. It's just shots.socialdrinkers.co.
2: Gotcha. Well, that's how you find us. And cheers. Cheers.
0: Till next week. Till
2: next week.